so much appeal. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. Picture it, Los Angeles, 2017. Oh, welcome to Out on the Lanai, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to need to listen to. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls, and then we talk about it. And we just watched Season 6, Episode 2, Once in St. Olaf, which aired on September 29th, 1990, and is the one where Rose meets her dad, who's a monk. <laughs> Yeah, he is. That's he is. It. It's 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 That's actually you know I've, it's a memorable episode. It's one that sticks out in your brain. But it's also in rewatching it now, it was a very well written, funny episode. Like it was, it was great. It was good. Like there were moments in it where I was like, "Whoa, did you just make a like a like Dorothy made some meta jokes about some really sort of obscure intellectual things?" And it was very exciting. I even had to explain one to you. Oh, you did. You did have to explain one to me. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm not saying that Carrie's dumb. I'm just saying. But they make a lot of references that go over my head, and I usually don't tell you, and I don't know them. And And I'm really a 60 year old sort of woman, basically. Exactly. So So you you often will just preemptively explain them to me very kindly. (laughs) Um, Guys, if you hear any sort of uh, noise in the background, it's not that we're at my apartment today. We're actually back at H. Allen's, but it's so frigging hot that we had to leave some source of air on. Yeah, we're just going to, like, we love you guys a lot. But I'm sorry, back sweat is not a level of love I that I have for I you. I had like sweat. Yeah, down. No. I was like putting my finger down into my bra to uh, yeah. to try to wipe the sweat last time. Yeah, it was... no, we don't need that. So you know we're so committed to us. this, but yeah. we're gonna get air. Yeah, deal we, with it. We need a little air. I feel like the energy goes way down when we're really hot. Oh, so. not me. I thrive on difficult situations. You thrive in heat? like I thrive. Like a bacteria or yeah. something? Yeah. You put me there and I spread my love. <laughs> I'm all over it. Um, before we get into today's episode, we uh, received a donation from a fan oh, of did. the podcast. Yes, we did. Um, from Jackson, Mississippi. Yes. So, uh, Mr. Corey Garcia, mm-hmm. for your unbelievably kind donation. Mm-hmm. We thank, thank you, you so much. You know, one time in Jackson, Mississippi, I went to a Dairy Queen and I I just I didn't know that they were still doing the chocolate covered ice cream thing. You know, they have, they have a hard they they like dip it and it turns into a hard chocolate cover the shell. covering the shell. Um, yes, I'm familiar. I didn't realize they still did that and I was like maybe 2 years ago I was in Jackson traveling through and I got very, like, irrationally excited. More excited than a 32-year-old man is supposed to get excited over ice cream. That's my Jackson's Mississippi story. Thank you, Corey. <laughs> thank you, Corey. For your donation. <laughs> and thank you, H. Allen, for and that We should also say, in addition to Corey's generosity, that tomorrow we have a fun little announcement to make. Something that we've come across. We're pregnant! <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> Gonna name it Aurora. Um, Aurora. <laughs> Aurora. <laughs> Take little Oreo. Um, <laughs> I no. We we have we've we we're not partnering up. That's the wrong term. We got word. We've of, made some new friends. We've made some new friends, and we've got word of a and very. And we're pregnant. <laughs> Sorry, I'll stop. And we uh, we we got word of a very exciting thing that's happening that relates to the Golden Girls that you guys are going to want to not only know about, 
but to participate in in a level that we are participating in. Yes, it's very exciting, and it's so exciting that we decided we're going to release a mini episode about it yes. tomorrow because we we're going to interview had a these people. Skype call yes. with um, two very lovely gentlemen. You guys are going to. It's so exciting. It's such a great project. I'm very excited. Yes. Yes. Anyway, so that's the little. That's teaser. all we're going to say about it. We'll probably say it at the end of the episode yeah. too. <laughs> Let's get into the app. Oh, let's dissect it. So this is this is the hospital injury, lots of doctors, medical stuff episode. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Rose has been working as a candy striper. Stripper. As a candy stripper at the hospital. <laughs> and um, she's been, you know, making care packages for people that involve, you know, puppets, which is very Rose-like. It involved what? Gum? Um, something that didn't relate to gum and, and puppets. It yeah, was three very random right. things. Yeah. I, yeah, I think it's very sweet that she's that she's making puppets. Um, and I know this is also something that we reference a lot, but this is also the episode where Sophia has a hernia because Dorothy asked her to move the wicker I couch. I forgot that, and it made me so excited because there are so many phrases from this episode that I know reference other things that the, they're referencing, like they're taking yes. pop culture things and doing it. But I took it, I got it from this episode, so I attributed it to this episode and not the thing it actually is from. Like when she talks at the, when she checks at the hospital and she's a Zulu warrior. Uh, well, I, well, I, that's actually Zulu queen of the dwarves. I thought I was thinking of Zul from Ghostbusters too. It's not I believe that. it's not. It's Zulu, from something. Well, Zulu. No, if you just Google Zulu queen of the dwarves, Golden Girls comes up. Really? Zulu is actually a South African people, but oh. that's it. So I'm they, sure they're great. So they. I wonder I, if they like the Golden Girls. Maybe, but I think the writers probably just like made it up. If or you're they listening, something. Zulu people, contact us. And if you are the Zulu queen of the dwarves, oh my god, please, please be on the podcast. Please contact us and come on the please podcast. Be, we will. Or if that's just like your drag name. Oh my god. Or whatever. Well, I mean, we cannot have that kind of competition from Alaska. Alaska is our VIP. That she's our very no, she's our VID or VI. Very important drag queen. Okay. D- V-I-D-Q. V-I-D-Q. That sounds like an STD, though. V-I-D-Q sounds like something you'd get from Dairy Queen. Now Brought we're just getting circle. into, like, you know, full sort of gender pronoun things. I don't Here's think what to. I have to say about <laughs> Sophia moving the couch. Yes. Whether or not Dorothy asked her to move the couch, which in the end we find out she didn't, spoiler alert, no matter how heavy a couch is, it does not make sense for one person to move it, especially if you're moving it across a wooden floor because you're just going to scrape the floorboards. Not if it's wicker. Yes, if you're dragging it. If it's wicker, you're not going to scratch anything. You might. You never know. It might ha- No, if it's wicker, it's not laying flush on the ground, A, most likely. There's usually those little plastic ribby things at the bottom of it that sort of like give it its base mm-hmm. to ground it out. Yeah. So regardless, no. No, she could have. She could have moved that just fine. I don't. What don't, I hate is that they yeah. they say that at the beginning. Like Dorothy says, it's wicker at the beginning, and that kind of kills Sophia's joke at the end when, the, you know, someone says, "Oh, you didn't move. You didn't. You didn't hurt your back moving the couch." She's like, "Please, it's wicker." Like it kind of ruins that joke in a way. Oh, interesting. I kind of wish they wouldn't have acknowledged it was wicker, even though everyone kind of knows it and it's the obvious thing. I felt like it would have been funnier if at the end Sophia had the wicker line. Yeah, I. Actually agree with you. Yeah, well, I think it would have been Actually, like we never agree. <laughs> <laughs> I, I usually wait for you to finish talking and I go, okay, but and then I I needed Carrie to do opinion. an audio thing for me beforehand. I have to, have to I have to call her out on the 
this because it's so funny. I we were recording a thing before this, and I was like, "Clap for me," which in technical audio sort of movie things is like it helps me see the break in the audio, so I know where the spike is, where to edit the audio. And so I asked her, "Clap for me," and she literally just went. Like you thinking, should put it in. You should just put it in tomorrow. Thinking, thinking that I needed an applause. Why? <laughs> I thought you. I thought you were. I thought you needed. I thought you needed the recognition. That was such a rose thing to do. Yeah, so. <laughs> oh yeah, when you're yeah, it would have been like if you said, "Can I have a hand?" and I just clapped. Yes. Um, I think you should leave that in in the our oh, special episode tomorrow. God, um, too funny. Uh, <laughs> it's also. It's also interesting to me that, um, you know, Sophia doesn't want to go to the hospital. She's scared. People die in hospitals. And it reminds me of when Dorothy didn't want to go when she had surgery on her foot. What was that, the first season? And I wish that Dorothy had said that to Sophia because, you know, like, Ma, remember when I was scared and Mm -hmm. you made me feel better? And I get that, like, that's not the point of the episode, but... You know, Dorothy was in the same position that Sophia was in, and that would have been an amazing opportunity for her to help her. Yeah, but, you know, live and learn. I have so many questions about the hospital. I believe it was the set for nurses, or part of the set for nurses, the the spinoff show of either this or Empty Nest. I never really know. Um, So first, they have a sort of, the hospital, this hospital waiting room has like a take a number system, like at the deli. Have you ever seen that at a hospital before? Yeah. I have. You've seen Take a Number? Yeah, usually it's in like uh, emergency care clinics or whatever, but yeah, they have it. Okay. Um, Not to ruin your moment or anything. No, 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 not ruining. (laughs) That's very loud when you put that mug back on the table, by the way. I don't hear it. But I will (laughs) now. (laughs) So Rose is like checking people in at the hospital and she's yeah. also making sure people sign their consent forms. Is that something a candy striper could do? I thought candy stripers were usually like child volunteers. I feel like it is a clerical thing because it is just a standard legal form. It's not a, it, it's a medical form, but it's more of like a contractual medical form. Well, not like she's giving away like, yeah, I have herpes. Well, when, when the next man comes up to the desk to be checked in, who yeah. turns out to be her dad, yeah. he, she asks him like what he's there for. Oh, interesting. So I'm like, this is really, mm, I don't know. This yeah. seems a little inappropriate. Well, I mean, it was, it was the nineties. Maybe know? she didn't ask him what he was there for. She was checking him in yeah. anyway. So she checks in brother Martin, who's a monk. Yeah. Who's played by, I hope I pronounce his name right, uh, who's played by uh, the actor Don Amici. Amici? I think. I don't know. He's, he's a really famous actor. He is. If you go on his IMDb page, I mean, he, has, he, did, he passed away in 1993, but he has done so much work yeah. since the 30s. Yeah. And if you go back and look at uh, stills from old films that he was in from like the 40s and the 50s, it doesn't even, he looks like a completely different actor. He's best known modern for playing... Uh, an Academy Award winning part in Cocoon. Mm-hmm. And um, and there's a great picture, how I know of him, before the Golden Girls, there's a great picture of him at the Oscars. I think, I don't think he gave Cher, no, Cher presented his Oscar to him. Cher announced his Oscar. So there's a picture of him and Cher at the Oscars. Nice. And she's dressed in a ridiculous way and he's just like, I'm old! Yeah. Is <laughs> that <laughs> so with the caption of the photo? <laughs> I'm old! Read on The Hollywood Reporter. I can't believe this is happening! So Who is she? So this monk, Brother Martin, um, yeah. he asked... She thought he was a Trekkie. Yes, because he's wearing the brown robe. Yeah. Um, Which, wouldn't that be, like, 
Star Wars and not Star Trek? I don't know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I feel like it, Star it feels Wars, more like a Jedi yeah, uh, not a tr- yeah. garment. Yeah. But I also didn't. Yeah. Star Trek feels more. I'm more of a Star Trek person. But there's also I feel like there's also no way a nerdy room full of writers on a television comedy would mix up Star Trek and Star Wars. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like this room probably maybe was not as nerdy as other rooms. Yeah. I, yeah maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So he asks. Rose, if he knows her, because she looks very familiar. Mm-hmm. And then he mentions that he was once stationed in a monastery in St. Olaf, yeah. where he dated a 19-year-old woman named Ingrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rose picks up the story and says, oh, yes, uh, Ingrid, she, uh, she had a baby. She unfortunately died during childbirth. The baby was left... On this doorstep, with the Lindstroms, with a lot of meats, yeah, a lot of summer sausages, <laughs> in a basket, a lot of sausages, yeah. Um, and the Lindstroms took in the baby, yeah, and um, they adopted the baby. They adopted the baby, and that baby's name is Rose, and and you're looking at her, and yeah. Brother Martin tells Rose, "I'm your father." Which honestly, if they were doing like a Star Wars thing, it would have been better. That might yeah. have been kind of funny. I mean, yeah. I guess you don't want to undercut the seriousness of the moment with a Star Wars joke. But well, but she did with a Star Trek joke. So like, you well, know. but 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 if he were to say like I'm your father, and they made up Star Wars, thing, it would have been a better. No, it would have been cute. It would have been. I, I would have liked it. Yeah, I think yeah. it would. I think it would have worked. So um, yeah, he's our dad. Um, yeah. Funnily enough, funnily. Uh, Don Amici was only 14 years older than Betty White. Yeah, he so, was I mean, born in 1908. She was born in 22. Not so. even 16 and pregnant. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's also a 14-year-old monk. I don't know if you can become a monk that early in life. Mm, probably in Tibet. <laughs> Let's just, yeah, why not, right? As long I mean, as you can, like, chant. Yeah. nam myoho ho ren That's Buddha. So, um... <laughs> At the same time, the women are checking in. Uh, Rose is, is checking Sophia in. Yes. And again, this is where I question whether or not a candy striper should be doing this job. Um... Rose is basically insisting to all the women that she's fine. She's fine. She can still do the job. And when she asks Sophia for her name to get her checked in, she says Zulu, queen of the dwarf people. Yeah. Which, as we learn later, that's actually how she checked her in. Yeah, yeah. Like Rose on is going to get fired from yeah. this job. I like how well, later on when that woman, when there is that moment, the woman seriously writes down the name. Oh, Zulu. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yes. It's really funny. Yeah. Um, and there's also a great moment where a doctor comes out to collect Oh, Sophia. I love this doctor mm-hmm. moment. There are so many, like I said at the beginning, there are so many lines in this episode that I repeat over and over and moments that I repeat over and over again. Well, here, do you, you want to do, do, yeah. um, do you want to do the doctor's final line? Yeah. Okay, so the doctor comes out and he says, why is this woman moving furniture? And Sophia says, for food. And he says right this way to Sophia, she leaves and then he looks to Dorothy and they have a moment and he says... You make me sick. <laughs> it was so great. <laughs> Dorothy turns around like, what? And, and literally Rose Poor and Blanche. Dorothy. I know. She feels so bad throughout this whole episode. And like, well, Sophia but there's no, does but not. But not completely bad. She does not feel as bad as you imply there. No, she feels like bad, sure. But she's more like, it was wicker. Like, it was nothing. Like, you know, she has, she's having that in her head. Um. And yet they all give her, like, there was, I'm going to go back a little bit, but there was a really great Rose line <laughs> at the beginning where they set up that it was she was moving the couch or whatever. And then Rose says, 
sure, do you want me to bring it to you or should I bring the refrigerator to you? Like, they're really mean to Dorothy yeah, about Rose all of was this. Cutting I loved it. I loved it. I love when Rose gets like that. It was really, really great. But yeah, so Sophia goes in for her surgery. Yes. Um, so that night at the dinner table, um, Sophia's, the surgery went well. Surgery went well. They start talking, they're having cheesecake or whatever. Yes. And they start talking about sort of, you know. And Dorothy has this really nice sentiment about, she says, we don't get the parents we want. We get the parents we're dealt. Mm-hmm. And that's like a, that's a really interesting concept to me. And I think it's like, you know, this is such a bad comparison, or maybe not, depending on how old you are and what your taste in movies was. But there is a, that movie called North with mm-hmm. Elijah Wood, mm-hmm. where he basically, like, chooses new parents. Yeah. Um, Which, I mean, that whole the whole conceit for that film and that time, there was a really... F- interesting case happening in the early 90s where a child divorced his parents and or that's the terminology that became was became emancipated it. essentially yes. yeah and and but the whole sort of media circus around it was this child divorced his parents and that became sort of a theme in the in the, in the early 90s which i think is where north kind of comes from yeah, that yeah, idea probably like 94 yeah something. yeah yeah um that was such a bad movie so the oh. I'm, well, I don't know why I felt, oh, I just like clutched yeah. my pearls just now. <laughs> How dare you? It's been a while since I've seen it, but I know Jason um, Alexander and uh, Julie Louis-Dreyfus, I believe, play mm-hmm. the, a married yeah. couple. They play right. one of the sets of parents. Reba McIntyre's in it, too, with Dan Aykroyd. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Mm. Now I want to see it again. Um, I don't. Uh, <laughs> did, you ever, uh, did you ever wish, like, was there ever someone that you saw in a movie or on a show and you were just like, oh, I wish that person yes. was my parent? Yes. Who's that? I, well, I had a complicated childhood with parents because my parents divorced. Mm-hmm. And so I was really young and my father got custody of us. So from like five until 11, I lived with my father and it wasn't the best of situations. And I often wished for other parents. I often, like the, that period, like pop culture was such a big deal to me that the first movie I ever saw and thus the first movie star that I ever was like, I'm obsessed, was Tom Cruise. So I wanted Tom Cruise to be my dad and I wanted Madonna to be my mom. Those were the two. Wow. And, and yeah. And I, uh, but sort of conversely, a strange, like I didn't really have much of a female presence in my life mm-hmm. as a kid because I had my stepmom, but like she was a drunk and like she was just not a human being in my life that was anything other than negative. And so I, there were no positive women in my life mm-hmm. outside of like the one time a week I could kind of watch the Golden Girls. And every day after school, I would watch Oprah mm-hmm. every single day. I never, I was like a six-year-old watching Oprah. I had no idea what the fuck she was talking mm-hmm. about. But Oprah kind of became the mother during those years when I didn't have my mom. Because she was the only daily influence, outside of teachers right. and stuff, she was the only daily influence of sort of maternal attention that I would always go to every single day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think about that a lot. I think about how much those years were shaped by Oprah. That's kind of amazing. I mean, better yeah. they shaped by Oprah than, you know, like... And, and I'm like Jenny Jones. I don't know. I, don't know. I was uh, thinking of another like daytime talk show I'm friends show with host. Jenny Jones on Facebook. Careful what you say. Good on you. Yeah. I used to watch Jenny Jones when I was a teenager. Me too. Um, what about you? I used to, uh, when I was in like third grade and like 90210 yeah. was big, um, I pretended that I was 
related to Shannon Doherty, that she was like a distant <laughs> sister or something. And so there was this new girl at our in our grade in my class named Lindsay Zapata. And she was that girl, like she came in and she was like pretty and I immediately knew she was going to be popular. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I got to like swoop in and befriend her. And then when she befriends all the popular kids, she'll like take me in. Yeah. So I told her, I was like, yeah, Shannon Doherty is like my half sister, my sister or whatever. And I was like, if you want to write. Basically my sister. I was like, if you want to write letters to like the cast, I can just send them to everybody. So we sat down and we like wrote letters and I was like, I'm going to mail them. Did she ever find out? Uh, I don't recall, but I don't think so. I mean, it probably just, she may have asked like a follow up, like, hey, did your, did Shannon ever get those letters? And I was probably like, what What are you talking about? No, (laughs) it was anyway. So that's, that's it. Wow. That. Yeah. That's sad. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the girls wanted, anyway. Dorothy wanted uh, Errol Flynn, an old actor, amazing actor, Errol he Flynn. He was Robin Hood. Yes. Uh, and, and, and. Um, Amelia Earhart. Yeah, Amelia Earhart. And you didn't get this joke. And my take on the joke. I'm going to tell you, I might have yeah. been in the delivery. <laughs> it might have been. It might have been in the that. delivery and the fact that none of the women commented on it. So. Well, there was a pause Dorothy, there, so it confused things. You're Dorothy right. Dorothy says. Uh, my dad, and this is her like talking about who she wishes her parents was. Yeah, and yeah. she says, I used to have this fantasy. You know, my dad was Errol Flynn yeah. and my mom was Amelia Earhart. I wanted dad all to myself. And, and then the, you, and then you just see like a reaction shot yeah. of Blanche, a reaction shot of Rose and Blanche kind of like looks down like, Oh, what's this thing? It's doing? a silent and moment. They, and there's like not a big laugh. And then they just move on. I think this is how I took it. I could be wrong. We should find out who wrote this episode and see if we can't find out more because maybe we know someone. But um, I took it as Dorothy only wanted Errol Flynn as her father. And because Amelia Earhart eventually disappears in the Bermuda Triangle, I think it was, um, like just completely disappears, that the joke is, I wanted my mother to be Amelia Earhart so she would go missing so I could have my father to all to myself. And that's that's incredibly dark. It like, is. That is which fucked is why up. which is why I think the silence. I think that's what they were going for it's was that's so like fucked up. Oh. She's like I want to fuck my dad and I want my mom no. to go missing and be presumed dead. Not fuck my dad. I, I mean okay, he, I honestly I thought it was a joke about her wanting to fuck her dad, no. but I didn't but I didn't I didn't take into consideration. I thought it was like, I want Amelia Earhart to be my mom because I look up to her as a strong woman no. who's going to fly that plane. She and I want Errol Morris to be my dad because he's a handsome guy who played Robin Hood. I actually, I didn't take it that one step further of like, I didn't, my mind went to like the Amy Poehler smart girls. I want my mom to be a strong, successful wow, you are woman and a good role get to you. And you were like, no, I want, she could just say, I wish Errol, Errol Flynn was my dad and I didn't have a mom, but she had to bring Amelia Earhart into that. That's, That's why Blanche looked down. I thought it was great. That was really fucked up. And then. Uh, Nobody th- knows what happened. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knows. I love it. I love it. Oh. And then they go to Blanche and Blanche and then Dorothy has a line, which with the joke that I needed to explain to you, the Masters and Johnson. I'm really excited to explain about Masters and Johnson because they were fascinating. They were sex researchers in St. Louis, Missouri. Where and I'm it's from. who um it's who Masters Dorothy assumed Blanche wanted yes. her parents to be. And it's it's based on the researchers, Masters and Johnson. They didn't start out as a couple, but they eventually became a couple and then I think they divorced. But they had some groundbreaking sex research. Also, he 
was like crazy homophobic. Um, but, but yeah, no, they were really interesting. So I loved, I loved that was kind of a meta joke that I was like, yes, golden girls getting intellectual. Yeah. That was one that just blew past in my mind. I just heard Johnson and Johnson. I was like, mm, okay, I'm sure it's whatever. Um, <laughs> so, um, then, so Rose basically, you know, she's, she doesn't know, she doesn't really know what kind of like relationship she wants to have with her brother, father. We're just going to call him brother, father from, from here on out. And Blanche, I think a really nice turn for Rose, because this is such a big, complicated, emotional thing. Blanche says to Rose that she wishes she just had 10 more minutes with Big Daddy. Yeah. And she says, you know, oh, just to hear his voice once more, they admit who to my country club. <laughs> like, it was a very funny joke, but she's right. You know, yeah. she's she's right. It's, you know, at least Rose has, you know, a yeah. brother father that she can be a, 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 she can form a relationship with or talk to. Yeah, definitely. Um. A brother father. A brother father. And it also kind of reminded me of how, I think too, we know that deep down, Rose has always wanted to know who her father is. Yeah. Because remember when she thought he was Bob Hope? Oh, and, God, yeah. And she sort of went along with it and believing it and kind of living it for that a while. That woman is desperate. Because, because, you know, she really wanted, I think, to assign that role to someone who her yeah. real father was. Yeah. Um, and and then, then there's a phone call. There's a phone call. What? What do you mean you lost my mother? They lost Sophia at the hospital. I'm going to be honest. I thought at the top of the scene, I just assumed because the surgery went well that Sophia was back home. That was a bit of a surprise to me. <laughs> Act break. We come back in. Now, this is something they don't do on the show often. There was a tracking shot down yeah. the hallway of the yeah. hospital as Dorothy and Blanche hustled. Strange. I thought like, oh, they want us to feel that hustle to feel Dorothy's like ah, panic. I just thought that was very interesting. They were like, Ooh, we got this new dolly. We're going to use it. Yeah. It's going to be sexy. <laughs> we got a dolly from stage 17. Let's use it in this episode. Sure. We don't want to move it. Yeah. And it turns <laughs> out that Sophia unbeknownst to Dorothy yeah. and Blanche and Rose and everybody really is in a giant elevator. Giant. Like it's a freight like elevator. Four, yeah. It's like, it's a yeah. freight elevator. It but is I mean, I guess if you're so big, if you're moving patients, I guess you need a freight elevator like that. Like you need it. That, that makes sense. I suppose. Oh, I hadn't, I've, I've never. I'm surprised that, that regular people were able just to ride it. I thought it, like you would think they would have it just be for like patient transport. Right. Which my brother used to do. Oh, to go go into like elevators that other people weren't allowed to use? Yeah, he would move bodies, some alive, some dead. And he would just move bodies around the hospital. That was his job, was just like moving bodies. And he would do it in a, in a separate elevator? I don't know that answer, but... Um, well, you should find out. I I'd will. Be curious to know. Yeah. I'm very curious to know. Um, <laughs> Sophia is... In a hospital bed in this giant elevator. Yes. I love that she has her purse. I know. Like, with her. Why? She wouldn't, but I think it's sweet that she has I it. I like it a lot. And she also thinks that she's dead. Yeah. And so when a man pushes another man in a hospital bed in, uh, Sophia asks the man pushing him, she goes, who are you? Are you an angel? And he goes, I'm the guy that shaves everybody. <laughs> I thought was the funniest line in the Can entire episode. Can you imagine episode. having that job? Can you imagine? Well... I, I can't, but I, I also can't imagine that there's just, I don't know, people who work in hospitals, ladies, fellas, is there just a designated shave person or is that what 
a, a particular Everybody has to do. Yeah, is that like it does is a, is you know do nurses do it? Is and it if something there that, is like if it is like an assigned job that people get, like specific people get, do you give it to the people who you're like you're already kind of crusty? No, I feel like you'd have to have. It's got to be a very reliable person with a steady hand. Like a surgeon. Oh, no. You know, you know, <laughs> you know, you know they're using Bic. They're using throwaway razors. They're throwing those shit away a second oh, it's done. Oh, right. But I, I think you have to have just a just gentle, gonna... you have to have a gentle hand when you're doing that. Mm, I don't know about that. Well, they should. I don't know. Anyway, if anybody, if any of you listeners have any more information about this type of occupation. They shaved me when I had my surgery. I don't know who, but someone did. Were you awake? No, I was asleep. So you can't provide any useful information. <laughs> no. Other than I woke up and I had a black and blue dick. <laughs> mm, mm. Yeah. So when we get to the episode that references black and blue dicks, we'll tag you back in, finish the conversation. <laughs> is there an episode that is? No, of course not. <laughs> um, so uh, Sophia thinks she's dead. She's not. She realizes she's on an elevator and is like, fuck it, and decides to take a nap. That's how the scene ends. I think it's great. If you're dead, well, I mean, what are you going to do? No, well, she knows she's alive at this point. Uh, she just decides does she's, she? she's going to she? rest. Does she? Of course she does. So then Rose goes into the room. She's back candy stripping again. And yes. she goes into her, uh, she goes into brother father's To confront room her father. In the most hilarious way. Yeah. The comedy of this scene is that Rose is, is confronting her brother father while taking his dinner order. Yes. And so she's asking him questions like, why didn't you ever come visit me? Chicken or lamb? You know what I mean? (laughs) And it's so the comedy of this scene, whoever came up with that idea of like, this is going to be the comedy of the scene. Smart. Was a genius. Yeah. It was absolutely amazing. Um, And so basically we learned that he didn't want to come back into her life because he thought it would be an interruption to her life. Because right, because he didn't know about her until after the Lindstroms had already adopted her. Yeah, he found out after she was probably a young child and, you know, living a comfortable life with the Lindstroms and sort of, it, it just felt like it would be intrusive. And I think, I, I respect that in some level. I think he thought he was doing what was best for her. Yeah, exactly. You know? And she had a great childhood. She had mm-hmm. great parents mm-hmm. and great life, great husband, everything, mm-hmm. you know, she had because it all. Because what would her life have, I mean... Yeah, what, you know, how would that change what would, things? Exactly, because... Other than cause a girl, little girl confusion. Yeah. And he also says that, um, you know, he was in love with her mother, with yeah. Ingrid. Also, why is every woman's name Ingrid? Ugh. Like, every story of every woman in San Olaf is Ingrid. It's like, her friend is Ingrid! Like, when she yells out to her when the women are in San Olaf. Yeah. Like, just give her another name. Give Come her on, another guys. another name. Like, you came up with Zulu, Queen of the Dwarf people for this yeah. episode. Just come up with any other Scandinavian-sounding name besides Ingrid. Mm-hmm. Okay. So um, so he also tells her that he was in love with her mother, Ingrid, mm-hmm. and that the abbot, not Bud Abbott, as, as yeah. Rose thought, which loved that, um, big abbot and Costello fam. Um, my dog is named after Luke Costello, mm. true story. Um, the abbot told him that he had to choose between the church and her mother. And he yeah. chose God. He thinks God has forgiven him from, for his decision. And he hopes that Rose yeah. will too. Um, and then, and that God and, and that God brought them back together, that God, right. God made this moment happen in their lives, right. which, you know, I, I respect. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and then 
the 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 scene ends. It, it's weird because it almost it's almost going in the direction of like, oh, this is when Rose is gonna forgive him and they're gonna have a great yeah. moment. And um, she's finishing up the order for him, and she says lime jello or lemon meringue pie, and he goes pie, and Rose goes, that was a trick question. We don't have any. Now we're even, and then she oh, storms. But up. she said we never did. As oh, if, we like, never did. She plotted that the whole time. That's right. You're you right. Know? It was we she never was, did. She was always thinking about it, and then she's and then she just walks off, and then all is fine. Yeah, and then all is fine, which I think is lovely. It's great. It's great. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, meanwhile, back in the elevator. Meanwhile, back in the elevator. Uh. Yes, this is when a, a woman comes into the elevator to to help Sophia. To you doesn't it doesn't look like. They look like lawyers. I I thought so. But they're a man not. And a they're talking woman. about money brokers. I don't know. I thought maybe they were like they were from an insurance company because when yeah, she says you can't, it's not clear when she says she, when Sophia says she's on Medicare, they sort of shrink away like ooh, like she's like a leper. Maybe. So I don't know. I was like, are you from an insurance company or anyway, are you just like rich snooty people that no, I don't know? No, they it have was a weird. purpose. Yeah, but. Um, but uh, yeah, so then we learned that she looks at her bracelet. She asks Sophia who she is and her, her medical bracelet still says Zulu queen of the dwarf people. Uh, and then there's a great moment where once again, Sophia sort of goes back to sleep and then Dorothy and Blanche get on the elevator. They like ride it up a floor. This is the oldest joke in the book. If you're in an elevator without seeing her, the oldest trick. It's like literally every show that has like an elevator comedy bit. This moment happens. Does it? Yes, where you don't... Because I would say, like, number one, farts, of course. Number two, a pregnant lady goes into labor. (laughs) No, it's this moment of, like, you know, being right next to someone and then not seeing them and going on, and it's that that sort of... That bit is just a constant thing. I love it. I mean, it it worked. It completely worked. They did it very, very well in that giant elevator. Yeah. Um... So, uh, so Rose goes back into brother father's hospital room. Yes. We don't know why he's there. Yeah. We never find out the surgery he's We having. don't know if no, he's. No, we do. We do, we? do. Yes. Did we at the beginning when she checked him in? Is he's having something removed? Oh God. Are we horrible? No. Uh. He's having like a cosmetic thing. No. He's it's, a monk. I think it is something like that. It's cosmetic? Well, we're not going to pretend that we do know, because clearly we don't. But if you listening, listeners, please share with us on our Facebook page. I'm, yeah, I may, have, I may have missed it when I was writing down my notes. Yeah, I, um, I definitely missed it. But I think we do find out what he's there for. It's something kind of comical. Okay. Uh, so Rose goes in, and she tries to wake him up by blowing on his face at yes. first, which is it not, doesn't work. not a way I would probably try to wake up someone I barely know. Um, oh, yeah, I always thought blowing was a nice way to wake uh, up. <laughs> <laughs> Can I clap for you now? Oh, damn it. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, God. I, you've got a new glass table. I well, I use my it elbow. as a desk when I'm on the couch. Oh, damn it. Not new. It's uh, old. Guys just heard me get injured in real time. <laughs> Take me to the hospital. <laughs> it's Wecker. So um, this and this is the scene where we actually where he tells Rose that he uh, only found out after she you know yeah. that she existed after the Lindstroms and then 
Blanche and Dorothy come into the room looking for Sophia. And Rose is like, guys, this is my dad. Hey, dad, this is my friend. Like, she's immediately calling him dad. Like, no big thing. That's so in Rose's nature. That's in Rose's nature to do that. She gives him a hug. She's accepted him now. And and yeah, she's going to, it's her dad. She's going to, she's going to call him dad. And the women are just like, nice to meet you. Bye. And they rush off. And and then she's like, okay, see you, Dad. And then she like leaves. Yeah. And there's no. We never see him again. We are they going to stay in touch? No. Is it? I would have liked a little bit of closure on whether or not they're going to have closure and say goodbye and say, well, it's nice that we met, but now we should probably go back to our lives, or or just have a relationship. Like, Why does it have hey, to be so cut and dry with you, Carrie? Well, no, I'm saying I would have I would have liked to have known one way or the other, either mm. a. We I were like, meant to see each other, but whatever, whatever. Or B, how'd you like to come over for coffee sometime? Oh, oh, I like the mystery. I like that. I like a little... Can I like, visit you at the monastery? Yeah. Have you been to Tibet? How that, well is your chanting? Those are they're different monks. Yeah, well, no, monks chant too. Tibetan monks. Yeah, but I don't think Seven Catholic years in Tibet, monks, have you ever listened to that soundtrack? Uh, no, but I've seen the movie. Okay, I've seen Tibetan monks chant. It's beautiful. They can like make their voices split so that they like harmonize with themselves. It's crazy. They do have really nice clothes. I'm just I I wish I knew I wish I knew what their plan was. What mm-hmm. what the plan mm-hmm. was with Rose and and brother father. I don't think there needs to be a plan. Love is not planned. Like did they trade phone numbers? I think she has it. She's a candy stripper. Because she checked him in and yeah. she had the wherewithal to write down his number. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, so then back in the elevator. Yes. Now Rose is in on the hunt yeah. for Sophia. Yeah. The hunt for Red Sophia. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're in the elevator. <laughs> please, someone Photoshop that poster. Please, please. They're getting ready to head to the morgue, which oh, is I so never thought depressing. I'd have to look for my mother in the morgue. The last thing I said to her was, shut up, Zulu. <laughs> How depressing. They've literally searched every inch of the hospital, and the last place to check is the morgue. That was very funny, but also very depressing. Do you ever think about when you say goodbye to someone, if it's the last time you'll ever say those no. words to them? I do no. often. Often. Really? Yeah, that's why I always am like, okay, well, bye. See you later. As opposed to leave. <laughs> oh, I see. So you're just polite with the departure. Um, what would you if you if you were constantly conscious of it being the last words to somebody? What would you say? Like, what would I want? My are you? You're just setting me up to die now on my ride home. Well, no, you said that. I'm saying if you leave, and then what if next week doesn't happen? What if? What if like? Frazier eats my face and I die. Like, <gasps> what if something tragic happens? Like, the last words need to be, okay, Jalen, we had a really good podcast today and I'm really looking forward to seeing you next week, but if I don't... No, 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 no. <laughs> I can't, no, you can't think that way. You can't think that way. That's terrible. I think that way all the time. Oh, don't, <laughs> well, don't tell me about it. <laughs> don't tell me about it. <laughs> it's a part of life. It's natural. Yeah, but it's not natural to think about it all the time. Oh, I do. It's funny that you're eating grapes right now because David Sedaris does have a story about, like, what if he was in his home and he choked on a grape and nobody found him or he slipped on a grape and died. In his new book? No, it's an old book. Mm, Anyway. I thought I I read that one. So the women are finally reunited with Sophia in the elevator. 
And Sophia admits that she really hurt herself Confession. when her and her friends were trying to move Gladys's VW onto yeah, the lawn. Yeah, onto the lawn. Why? I don't... That also... It's weird because it feels like moving a couch to me. I was like, mm, one person moving a couch. That doesn't feel believable because you might scrape the floor. Old ladies trying to move a VW feels way more unbelievable. Like, the fact that these women would be like, I think we can do that. Like, four grown men drunk in college, maybe they'd be like, maybe we can attempt that. But these four old ladies being like, let's move this thing up onto the lawn. I like their audacity. Maybe they were pushing it. They weren't lifting it. They were pushing it, right? I like it. I'm a fan. Anyway, so that's that's kind of the episode. And that's the episode, yeah. And then, well, no, Dorothy ends it by by saying, "Oh, it's okay, Ma. I'm just glad you're alive." Rose, press the morgue because she's gonna kill her. She's gonna kill her. Or she was like, maybe they all got it in their heads that maybe Dorothy was kind of excited. We're gonna go to the morgue. This is exciting. Let's. We found Ma, but I think we should take the trip anyway. The morgue is an exciting carry. Please take yourself out of that dark place. We're moving on from it. Uh, I liked the episode. I did too. It was, it was, I, you know, I've watched it many, many, many times, but I haven't listened as intently as, you know, we do on this podcast. And I miss some of those jokes, like the Masters and Johnson and some of the fun, Mm -hmm. really sort of meta jokes that they made and, uh, or the Amelia Earhart one, things like that. And it was nice. It was a good episode, really well written. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was a great episode. I enjoyed it. My golden takeaway from this episode is if you're going in to have a, medical procedure and you know you're going to get shaved my advice is to shave at home just go in and you know have and have a spa night with yourself and just sort of start removing all of the hair that way you're using the lotions and the creams that you like so you don't get those weird bumps that they leave using those big razors can you do that even if your hair goes in really fast like what if you get checked in like a few hours if your hair grows that fast, if your pubic hair grows that fast, you got bigger problems. Like, what if you wake up, because sometimes when you get checked in, but then it's a while before your surgery. Your pubic hair does or not. Or what if it's the next morning? Do you know how long your pubic hair is? What if you get, <laughs> what if you get. Unless you have like a mile long pubic no, hair. No, I'm just, because you know how guys get like a five o'clock shadow? That hair, hair on the head grows way different than the rest of the body. Okay. Way different. So like, oh, okay. you know. It's going to take a long time for you to... It's going to take you at least, like, like five days to have any appearance of pubic hair growth. Okay. Yeah. All at right. least. And that's if, like, you know, you're a beast. Okay. <laughs> I'm my, a beast. My golden takeaway is if you are in a hospital, in an elevator, in a hospital bed, and you have your purse on you, maybe don't nap because somebody might take advantage of you and steal your purse that has your blood pressure medication in it. Oh, that's not a bad idea. You're right. Really yeah. Good. She shouldn't do that. I mean, you know, get your nap on, but like really make sure you got your arm tucked into that bag and that, you know, if somebody tries to take it, it'll wake you up or there's no way they can take it because mm-hmm. it's like all the way up your arm or tied your around arm. your body or something. Smart. Good call. Wow. What a fun episode. That was a great episode. And if you guys are following along with the podcast, the next episode we will be watching is If At Last You Don't Succeed, mm-hmm. where Stan gets rich and tries to win Dorothy back. I love that. It'll be a good one. This episode, Stan and Dorothy are having a bit of a renaissance. Return of the Stan. Yeah. I'm very excited for any kind of Stan guys, return. If you loved this episode and this podcast, you should go to outandlanai.com for more 
GG Fun. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash golden girls podcast or on Twitter at twitter.com slash golden girls pod. And if you guys want to show, oh yeah, I'm going to do this too. If you guys want to show your support for the podcast, you can go to outonthelanai.com slash donate where you can make a one-time donation or set up a monthly donation through Patreon. And if you can't donate, but you'd still like to show your support for the podcast, you can go to iTunes and you can leave us a nice rate and review. Interesting, interesting. And guys, if you want to follow more about me, you can follow me at H. Allen Scott on everything. And I am at Squid Eat Squid on Twitter, and I am Squidzy on Instagram. And you know, this NPR station is not able to happen without the support of listeners like you. So yes. please, <laughs> if you donate today, you'll get a duffel bag. <laughs> no, a tote bag. <laughs> I'd be down for a duffel bag. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh, God, I need some wine. Let's finish this piece of shit. Oh, no, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Guys, listen, uh, we're recording this very late at night, so now it's like, well, I need wine. It's not um, that late. It's late for me. I've been up since six. Uh, it's, it's, um, you guys should listen tomorrow because we're having a fun special announcement about a very awesome thing that's happening. Yes. And you guys are going to want to not only check out, but you're going to want to participate in and perhaps even go to hence <gasps> hence hence so definitely definitely check out the podcast tomorrow for a very mini special episode that we are posting and thank you guys for all the continued love and support we love you Mwah. Mm, i just have so many strong erotic feelings about you guys remember as always Stay golden. golden. Clap for me, Carrie. Clap for me. Okay, hold on. Clap for me. Clap for me. <laughs> <laughs>